The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown to zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hi everyone! Hello! I'm Laura Nash. And I'm Rachel Reboy. And we have a special festive episode for you this week. Zero Waste Christmas. It seems like everybody has a Christmas tree who celebrates Christmas, typically. Yes. And I would say that getting a real tree is better. I'm kind of wondering if a lifelong plastic tree is better, or if not better, at least like okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the reason that I think a real tree is better because where they grow here, I think it's about 12 years or so that it takes, but typically the rain will just like water it. So it's not like it's using a ton of like water resources and they kind of grow like locally. So you don't have to, you shouldn't have to like fertilize them. And I do know some people put like spray around them to keep the weeds down. So maybe there's a little bit of that. And while they're growing for those 12 years or so, they're going to be taking carbon out of the atmosphere, which is really good. Then when you cut them down, they make your house smell really nice. And (laughs) then you're supposed to get them like chipped afterwards so that they can be used. So I lean towards that. Now, I don't think there's enough trees really for everyone to do this. Yeah. And I'm wondering if someone lived in like Arizona... And they were wanted a new Christmas tree. It'd have to get shipped, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have the luxury here of seeing all these beautiful farms and getting the opportunity of going and cutting down a tree or picking a tree if we want. Yeah, like we just walk from our house to get That's one. amazing. <laughs> and I think in, in those scenarios, for sure, like cutting down your tree sounds so much better to me. However, the way I've been raised is my mom tells me a story every Christmas where, you know, when she lived in BC, she remembers driving along and just seeing like the clear cut of those. I think it was a Christmas tree farm. It might not have been, but I think just the image and she kind of felt like any tree that's cut down is a shame. Okay, so BC looks like someone took a, a like a buzz clipper that you would cut a guy's Ugh. hair with and like just razored yeah. the mountains, like the mountainsides. BC's brutal. That is must that... be what she saw. And I think it really like left a mark on her. And my mom is a great, she, first of all, she's a great person. I love her to pieces. Um, but she's also a very smart and well thought out person, especially when it comes to things for the environment. She grew up on a farm and she's just always been conscious of this sort of thing probably where I get it from. So she expresses that moment and then talks about, you know, how in her mind, buying one plastic tree, using it for our lifetime, theoretically, since these trees, they're just made of plastic, like they're not getting less in quality necessarily. Could I like inherit this plastic Christmas tree and use it again? But right as I'm saying that, I remember that they do shed. So I think they look pretty scraggly after a decade <laughs> or two. So I don't know if that's actually that realistic. You have a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's a way to like <laughs> stick, them back, <laughs> stick them back together. 
So, like, I'm trying to defend the plastic Christmas tree here, but I know in my heart of hearts, like, I would prefer a real tree. But I think it's a good argument, and you're probably right. Like, the Arizona thing is huge. Like, are there Christmas tree farms in Arizona? I don't know. Do they even put up Christmas trees? I don't know. (laughs) Your American listeners are like, what? What are these Canadians talking about? But, uh, yeah, I think that that's a good point. Like, if Christmas trees aren't growing near you, then... It would probably be better to get plastic, right? Because plastic, you've got the oil and gas, you've got the, you know, you're going to have to use an industrial process to make that plastic tree. How long does your mom's tree last? Like, has she had it for decades? We had one for a good decade when I was a kid, but I do remember them getting a new one because the old one did look scraggly. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was her words too. Because it sheds and we've had cats, so they like play at it and... I think it does, like, just become more sparse-looking after some time. But, like, let's assume you get 10 years out of it. If you consider, you know, every time you get a a tree, and if you live in a place where it's not easily accessible, the transport to carry a tree in, like, those are heavy, right? They're big. So that's something that might be part of the argument as well. You know what sucks, too, is when I lived in Gatineau, we went to an actual tree farm to get one, and then they, like, wrap it in this, like, giant plastic netting, and I was just like, no, how do I stop this? You know, it'd be great if we all lived on these beautiful acreage properties like you. You could just go and make your maple syrup and then go get your tree and live a beautiful wilderness experience, but... The reality is yeah. it's not like that. The world's not like that. So I think we'd all be much better off if it was, if the world was like that, like how you forage so much of your food too and grow it. I shouldn't say forage because you physically plant the seeds. and We do forage though. Oh, you do? A little bit. Yeah. We found some puffballs this year and some ramps. So ramps oh, yeah. are kind of like... I got some from you. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. When the trilliums are out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a nice place, but yeah, I'm extremely grateful that I have that and I know that other people don't. And so in that case, like you would have to weigh it out with the carbon of like the effort that it took to make the plastic. And you know what? A lot of environmental studies don't consider the end of life of a product. Mm -hmm. So the Environmental Protection Agency in a Scandinavian country, I think it was Denmark, did a study on bags. And basically they found that environmentally it's like kind of worse to make a cotton bag than Mm -hmm. it is to make a plastic bag. But they say right in the study... We do not consider littering or the end of life, and they burn all their garbage. So every study they've done, they're they're considering that those bags are being incinerated at the end of its use. So they're not accounting for those plastic bags that are, like, killing whales oh. or, like, breaking down in plastic. And they say that right in the study, but the plastic bag industry loves that study. So, I mean, yeah, I think if you have a plastic tree, that's fine. And if you have a real tree, it's probably fine, right? Yeah. You can pick and choose what's good for your area, and, yeah, if you can keep it for a long time. But end of use, definitely the real tree would win. Yeah. Because what do you do with the plastic tree when it's That's the thing, done? Though, you guys right? aren't going to take it, are no, you? No. <laughs> we won't recycle a plastic tree. Full disclosure, Cooney. Full disclosure. We'll not take a... Even if you chop it up and throw even it in the blue box. Even if you chop it up. Even if you try really hard to hide it in your blue box, we just will Just a little not. bit each week. <laughs> just just a little, like, baked pine needles just, like, sprinkled each time. Oh, no. like the nylon from the toothbrushes? Because yeah. people are like, oh, you can recycle it. No, it's you like, can't. Okay. Those things are going to blow away. Like, they're not going to make it into any recycling bale. I do recommend, once again, for everybody to go to their local recycling service and try and get a tour to see what actually happens. And I'm sure lots of municipalities would say this. We would love to take all your material. But if there isn't a place for it, if no company is going to take it from you, and if there isn't the physical means to sort it out, like a nylon toothbrush bristle like there's no way that's making it anywhere like the technology to be able to sort that out of a line is 
insane, but also, like, we have people who sort everything. So imagine if they saw, like, little bristles, they're not picking them up. But even if it was to make it to the company, it would be so inconsequential. Yeah, so well, speaking about bales, like, people just think, oh, plastic, you can recycle it. But in most material recovery facilities, they do have to be big enough to be put into a bale, right? Yeah. Which is kind of why those small things like straws, forks, sucker sticks don't get in, right? So would you say that things smaller than a little plastic bottle, like, wouldn't make it in typically? Yeah, like, I think at one time off the cuff, I said, oh, if it's smaller than the palm of your hand... It's probably not making it into a bale. And even though it's not like a legitimate way to always think about it, there's other things to consider. Like if it's a really dense plastic container, like a yogurt container, it's smaller than the palm of your hand and it's good. But if it's just like a lid or something loose and small, like you can just logically think of what's small. Like if it's smaller than a lid, for sure, it's not going to make it through. But Mm -hmm. uh, things like straws, forks, knives, those plastic uh, utensils they they fall through the sort line and they go to the landfill yeah like I just take a regular fork and knife and spoon from my kitchen and put in this little cloth thing so that I can not ever use a plastic fork but then once I did that for a while I was like wait why am I buying food and garbage anyway so then I just kind of stopped completely buying things that are in styrofoam or that are in that paper which Mm. is tough because then you have to sit down which costs a little bit more money usually if you're sitting down to eat but uh you can order things like salads and soups which help bring down the price if you're sitting down yeah at a restaurant that's true but i find that helps when you're going through airports too at the holiday season if you do have time between your flights if you can sit down they're actually really quick because they're airports so i usually try and sit down and eat some food it's not the greatest but then i don't have to produce yeah, and it's expensive in airports anyway, so you might as well, like, take that <laughs> money take and down. sit down, like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's tricky. That's another thing that makes flying, not only the f- jet fuel and all the problems with the plane itself as far as energy consumption, but just the waste on the plane as we talked about, but also in airports, like, oh, it's yeah. designed to make you buy things too, like, the way airports oh, yeah. are designed, like, they want you to shop and they want you to consume as much as you can and buy all these snacks for the flight to make it a little bit more enjoyable because all people have their own issues with flying, I guess. Yeah, flying is not really a very fun experience anymore, that's for sure. You can, as an alternative here, if you're in the the Ontario area, or Canada, really, is take Via Rail. Yes. Now, via, via Rail has some issues too, so it's good, but they do have a lot of the single-use plastics. But the thing about Via Rail is they don't give it out for free. So good yes. job. Yeah, that's something. I, I love taking the train. Me too. It, it is expensive. It. That's the one thing I have about Via. It should be better utilized because it's such a great channel across southern Ontario. But oh, yeah. it's not accessible. No, it's too expensive. And you know what is really annoying is the cars are always empty. Not always. Right. But a lot of the times when I take it to Toronto, there's like 10 of us in one whole car, which could fit. I don't know how many, but a right. lot more than it's 10. It's so disappointing. And that's not great for the planet, right? That's bad. And they have dining cars too, so they know how to serve people zero waste. Because I've taken the one to New Brunswick from Ontario overnight. It was like $300 for the trip, which is actually like not the end of the world when you think of how far it goes. And then they have a dining car. So you can go in and you sit down and you eat your food and you can drink wine. But you get a sleeper car and you can get it with two people and you have your own bathroom and you can like just watch Netflix. And Oh my um, gosh, that's a lot for that price. But was that round trip or one way? One way. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So you, it is still expensive, but it, and what I'm saying is you're right. It is like kind of more of a luxury way yeah. to travel, which is too bad because I think that they could make more money if they had more discounted seats, you know, and they do have the classes separated. They want to be classists. And, well, and... that's, but that's fine. Be classes. But if you're charging an economy rate, it should not cost me to get from 
available to Toronto, it shouldn't cost me $120 round trip. The VIA is the only one that connects all those cities. So if I want to work in Toronto, but live in somewhere like Coburg, how do I do that without spending $60 a day for that ticket? Yeah. If it was cheaper, that's what more people would do. And you get more cars off of the road and yeah, it would just be so much better. So yeah, I think great. about this stuff all the time, especially because with more remote working, we can work outside yes. of city centers. And if you don't know about Toronto, Toronto, the prices of houses just like skyrocketed and they're like millions of dollars. So people are not able to afford to live there. So they're moving out, which is like terrible for the environment. People don't blink an eye at commuting an hour and a half to work in the morning, two hours. Like yeah. People do it regularly. There's a solution there. And the VIA is supposed to be a Canadian rail service. There are good things about it too. And uh, the last thing that I did want to talk about a little bit this Christmas is palm oil because I don't know if you've seen the band commercial from, I don't know why I just did air quotes because nobody can see me <laughs> band. There should be a sound effect for air quotes. What would that be? I don't think there is one. Um, but yeah, the band commercial about the orangutans, it's so sad. Have you seen it? I've seen the ads organically like pop up on my social media feeds. Oh, I think you can just go on YouTube and like Iceland banned commercial and it'll mm. come up. And it's basically just about the orangutans losing their rainforest homes because of palm oil. So in the U.S. 10 years ago or so, everyone decided they would save the environment through like biofuel using vegetable oil for to fuel our cars. Right. Like they're like, OK, that's the answer. And they, they estimate that. All the forests they burned down in like Borneo, Indonesia, Malaysia actually contributed so much carbon that like you're never going to save. Like it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like they burned all the forests down. A whole bunch of carbon went into the atmosphere. I think it was one of those years, the most carbon that's ever been released into the atmosphere in like 4,000 years. And then, yeah, the orangutans are all losing their homes. And so that's why you've probably seen stuff about palm oil this Christmas. So sorry, is the biofuel, how does that equate to the forest being cut down? Because they're using that for farmland for palm plantations for the fruit. So there's these fruits produce quite quickly and then you can get a really usable oil out of those fruits. Mm. So they're harvesting it and then sending it to America for like a biofuel basically as an alternative to gas. But then also uh, you can eat it. Yeah, when someone says palm oil, I think of like the spreads, and yeah. like chocolate hazelnut spread. I can name a, a couple of companies. They're actually under Mondelez, so they're a huge marketing company that own a bunch of uh, food things like Sour Patch Kids and Oreos, Cadbury. If you did see that commercial and you're worried about palm oil, there are some things that you can avoid this Christmas. But yeah, so apparently all these brands are responsible for destroying 70,000 hectares of rainforest and orangutan habitat just since 2016. Oh, so this is like, yeah, it's, it's not like over like a hundred years or something. This is like really recently they're burning on the rainforest so they can grow this stuff. So, I mean, I love businesses and I love celebrating them. And I think businesses are going to change the world and do the right thing. But If you really want to get like hardcore zero waste, that maybe you could avoid uh, some of those products. But if you're zero waste, you're probably avoiding them anyway because they come in packaging. So, I mean, it it depends on what you want to do, right? If you want to decrease your carbon footprint or if you want to decrease your waste or if you want to save a rainforest or if you just want to do everything you can, right? You can kind of pick and choose because it's tough. So what would you say about like just um, regular kind of Christmas chocolates? Do most of them have palm oil as an ingredient? Like 
I don't there, know. I haven't bought yeah. them in so long. I'm wondering, because there's local, like, chocolatiers. I wonder Ooh. what they use. So I might actually look into that because that could be a nice thing is just still supporting local business and, like, getting chocolate that's made with, you know, maybe with butter instead of, like, all this oil and stuff. Mm-hmm. It probably tastes better, too. And that's the interesting thing because vegans would prefer the palm oil, but, like... Oh, true. It's, like, massively destructive, right? Mm. So it's all about who you are and what you want to do and the choices you want to make. Yes. To make the world that you want to see. Yeah. Back when you were a kid and bought these cookies and you had this relationship with a company, so you see them as only doing good because they've been a part of your life and you've recognized that. 110%, yep. But I trust local companies that I can see the face of the person and I can talk to them. I trust them. I trust lots of great local companies and I think it's good to build those relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think the world is kind of turning more nationalist. Some people say it's problematic, but it actually could help the environment because sometimes people care more about their immediate environment. Like it's possible, this is just a theory, but it might be possible that people will care more about their local environment more so than trying to tell a Canadian in Ontario that over in Indonesia, some forests are burning. Yeah. Like, because it's sometimes just too far away for people to like conceptualize right? grass and yeah. people care about so much and they're worried about so much and they're busy so much. Like, do they have time to like fit the burning forests of Borneo into their list of concerns? Maybe not. I think that it's, you know, hard to expect people to be up in arms about the environment if they're worried where their next meal is coming from. Yeah, because it's it's often that they just don't know. That's what I'm finding everywhere. Yeah. Like, nobody knows about this stuff. Because I, like Rachel said, kind of live in the woods. And like <laughs> then I just, like, emerge from the woods yeah. a couple times a week and, like, go back into the normal world. And then, like, my eyes are wide because I'm in a grocery store line looking at everybody to buy all this plastic. And I don't think, this person sucks. Like, I think this person doesn't know that a whale just died with like a hundred plastic cups in its belly and like 80 plastic bags, because if they knew, I don't think they'd really be buying it. So I don't think anything bad about people that are doing it. I just wonder like, how can I tell them? And I, I'm not going to tell them in the checkout line. (laughs) Well, I mean, I've had some really great encounters with people over the last couple of months, especially a bulk burn where I'm buying, I have my containers and they're like, I didn't know you could do that. That's awesome. I love that. And I love that because it goes to show why working in communications can be difficult because there's a, a sign right on the door of bulk burn that says you can bring your own containers. <laughs> you know, it's like and the information is there, but I can't even say faced with it because the sign is right there. But it's just having that connection and that moment of like, oh, you're doing that. I could do that. Mm-hmm. And then I go show them like, oh, this is actually a spaghetti sauce jar. I didn't even have to buy any containers. Like I just use what I have. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm going to do that next time. And I think that's those are the moments that are good. And then none of that started with me saying like, oh, well, did you know this is happening in the world? Because I find that that can come across as condescending. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. not helpful. No. And as soon as someone feels attacked whatsoever, they're just going to like refute whatever you say. Yep. Like you can't let them put up those walls or they will stand behind those walls and throw mud back at you. Yeah. No matter what you say. So what you're saying is like people see and they respond positively. Yeah. So I don't even have to say anything. So one was Bibs meat. Yep. Bibs is good. So they They will fill up your container. They will try to give you a bag. (laughs) Yes. Once you do it. But the people will put meat in your container. And the country butcher like out on Highway 62 in Foxborough. They're fantastic. They're my favorite. They will put it into containers okay. and they're really nice about it. Yeah. And that's the thing. Those, those are local butchers. But I think we both experienced in the bigger like box stores, like chain grocery stores, 
you know, the, oh, we can't take your containers over the counter. I guess we've also found that at more local places, but... um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, people are real scared of that stuff. Yeah. But the thing with meat, like, if you're vegan, that's, like, good, and you're, like, way ahead of the game, right? But we have to understand that, like, I don't know how many billions of people eat meat, but, like, a lot of people eat meat. It's a very normal thing for people, so... It's it's cool that people stop eating meat entirely, but then what if we just tried to get people to reduce it as well more so? Or the just... way we eat meat. Yeah. That's what I think. And the about. way we raise it and all that yeah. stuff, right? Because it's really gross right now, like what we're doing to animals and it's not fair. So if you can find stuff that's like locally raised and like animals that have time outside, I think is important. Yeah. If you read uh, Eating Animals was a book that just made me not buy it. I haven't bought meat from a grocery store since I read that book. Good. I can't do it because... Well, some of those animals are suffering. Yeah. And I, I totally agree that I think being vegan is the best thing you can do for the environment in a lot of cases. But the land that's not good for growing crops, if you don't use that for pasturing animals, then you're wasting it Maybe. as land. That's the only argument I've yeah. I've heard from actually Nova or something on PBS for eating meat and being environmental. Otherwise, yeah, all the arguments point to vegans better. Well, maybe I'll say instead... I think eating less meat and less animal byproducts is better. Yeah. And I think that's bad for the environment. And, and, and that's then not a good choice. the waste part too, right? Like you get the plastic and then we're actually very lucky here about styrofoam because most places don't collect or recycle styrofoam and you guys do, which is fantastic. Yeah. Just the white so, stuff. So yeah, there is a lot of black and pink styrofoam that we can't recycle, but you're right. It's still better than in other places where we can't take it at all. And then that like gross pad. Oh, what that's even the worst. What I don't know. Probably like a cellulosic material, like a pad, like a oh. like a menstruation pad. It's <laughs> touching horrible. your meat. It's horrible. <laughs> so gross. And you can't like. There's nothing like you could do with that except. You know, I would so. rather take the time to go to a local butcher with my container and ask them to fill it up than ever see one of those gross, soggy things yeah. at the bottom of a chicken ever again. <laughs> Just the sound it makes when you rip it. <laughs> oh gosh yeah they're gross um so yeah there's a lot of options you can do like if you are getting i guess like some sort of meat for your christmas dinner i mean not everybody can go to a local farm right oh that's something i do for christmas too is me and my family we go to a local like restaurant and they like have a buffet for christmas oh yeah so i mean they're still all where that where that food is coming from but it's it's another way to do something together and then, it's zero waste too, yeah, it's right? Zero waste. Yeah. So like if you're not gonna make a let's okay, if you're gonna make a turkey dinner, which is what a lot of people do here, mm-hmm. I would say. So you're gonna have the the plastic bag. Usually it's wrapped in like a mesh thing, yeah. almost like a fishnet. Um, Why? Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, or where those things will end up. And then there's like the price sticker, right? And then a lot of people do cranberries. So you got the can. It's probably lined with BPA. So you're probably going to dose everyone with estrogen <laughs> at your table. <laughs> but then again, where does it come from at the restaurant? Good they point. probably make it. If it's a nicer restaurant, they probably make it from cranberries. I would think it would probably come from a Canada restaurant. Oh. That's a good point though. I mean, vegetables are good. You can have all this garbage to like cook your own meal or you can just go to a restaurant. Yeah, but I think at least when you're going to a restaurant, even though they have the waste from whatever they're getting their food in, if they're buying in bulk, it's way less waste, right? Not Everything's not individually wrapped. So I'm assuming that wherever their supplier is, um, they are Good wrapping point. it all together. And also a lot of really nice restaurants in the area, and this is also a movement that I think is happening all across North America, is just going to these specialty restaurants that source their food locally. You have to look for the restaurants like that. 
Well, the lark in Belleville is doing lark, exactly yeah. that. That's good. Do they have meals or is it more oh, yeah. just that? Oh, yeah. They were part of Quinnylicious, so they did like the whole local thing. Awesome. And they have some local like drinks and stuff. And uh, they like jar their like a lot of their stuff nice. and then serve that. Which I think is really neat. That's really neat. And then it can encourage, like, that idea of jarring and preserving things or making them, like, in serving sizes, which is great. Yeah. And you're not getting the BPA from the cans because a lot of that stuff would probably come from a can anyway. Well, that reminds me of, like, when I was at the Canadian Rural Innovation Summit, the one night they had food. And it was just local wineries, but also local, like, people who had a food truck and they would bring their like oh, cool. little food so there was all this local food and like it would have been really great if we had reusable plates but there wasn't any like kitchen really to like I guess there was but no one signed up to do that that's the hard part no one wants to wash dishes anymore yeah I mean I probably would have for like the 200 people if they're like we're gonna have this plastic or you can wash these dishes like I would have too for a ticket yeah. I would have washed dishes for yeah. a ticket like, people will Washing do that. Dishes is Let not people that bad. do it. It's not that bad. It's warm water, and, like, that's as much as you can ask for this time of year. <laughs> Get your hands warm. It's yeah. like, really? I'm winning. I get a ticket, and I'm warm. So, like, win-win. Yeah, but it was, it was like, a really good step because it was all local. You know who, what, what's going on, actually, on Fridays at the break room in Belleville is at Guapos Cantina. Ooh. Have you heard about them? They do, like, Friday night bites. I think yeah. different food trucks, uh, like, food places from the county come in and do mm-hmm. it there but guapos cantina brought their own plates and their own forks and knives and i had actually come prepared so i had brought things in my bag just in case Good like for forks and, and whatever and then i showed up and they had them there and i thanked them and and spent like 40 dollars on food because nice. they they had the plates and forks and knives yeah. and so i was really happy to see that so yeah some people really get it which was really nice to see that is really nice yeah i i don't know if i when i buy for myself i'm just like what's healthy? Like I just go to one grocery store and get all my produce, like freaking loose Brussels sprouts sometimes. I'm just like, sorry. No, no, like rolling down the conveyor belt. (laughs) I have a reusable bag, but everything's very (laughs) loose. And I'm always like, oh, these people probably are very annoying because I'm like the girl who yells at them about no bags before they say anything. And I just have all this like loose produce. But then I go to like bulk brand and get all my grains. So I find my diet is very like unhealthily healthy sometimes where I'm like very strict with this stuff all these things that are like bad for you you can make yourself without all the bad ingredients pretty and much they're just as good if not better and then it gives you something to do like everybody's complaining about kids on their tablets and stuff like tell them to go make stuff yeah I mean it's easier said than done but we make stuff at home all the time yeah That's it's the nice thing. to it's... make the time for this it's enjoyable like I'd rather make banana bread on Sunday night than watch tv I think yeah, or you can do both too. If you can do both, depending on how your house. I is. listen to podcasts, so that's what. Nice. Like this. <laughs> so I'll put this on. I'll hear your voice talking to whoever you're talking to, and then make banana bread, and that's really nice. Nice. You're saying you think about when you get a gift, you like think about it like before, after, and and right now, right? You think about it. Yeah. I don't know what it's like to not think about it in those terms because I'm so far down the rabbit hole of like yeah, all of this. I see people getting engaged all the time over Christmas and, like, posting what they got on their Snapchat stories and and Instagram stories and, like, sharing every moment and all these, like, blessed posts of their, like, hot chocolates from Starbucks and new outfits and new hair. Holiday hair is a big thing. Is it? Yeah, you have to 
get your hair done like two months before Christmas because the holidays are booked oh. right up. Oh, for like work parties and stuff. Yeah. We'll go to a green circle salon if you're doing that. Yeah. There is a lot in the area actually. Is there more than Salon U? Yeah. Uh, Polish. Polish? Yeah. They're green circle too? Yeah. Cause I listened cool. to that episode right before I got my hair done last weekend and I saw like the sticker on, oh, nice. on the, on the mirrors. So I asked them about it and confirmed that they are a part of that. So yeah, if you're getting your holiday hair, look for Green Circle Salon. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Is there anything else about Christmas uh, that you wanted to talk about? Or other holidays? I mean, a lot of this stuff applies to other holidays too, I suppose. Yeah. I think just thinking more about like the purpose of a gift and if you want to make people feel good, like there's other ways to do that and taking someone out to dinner is always a great alternative, I think, than buying them something. I think a lot of us just don't need more things and like... It's a nice feeling to get a gift, but remember the implications of that. And, like, I know now if I get something new, and I would never tell someone who gives me a gift, like, all of this, but the feeling is more like, where did this come from? What is it made out of? What happened in order for this to get to me? And, like, what will happen once I'm done with it? And those are a lot of big questions that make it less, like, joyous. But then again, like, I'm finding maybe it's just because I'm getting older or maybe it's because of what I'm learning. Like, the joy truly comes from, like, food and, like, being around people and, like, doing activities together and all that of course like the spirit of christmas that's what it's all about you know those nice feelings and like that <laughs> doesn't come from a wrapped present <laughs> this is so tacky i feel like this is ending like all the christmas movies end where we figure out the truth we're like tearing up <laughs> we're like true we meaning it. of christmas <laughs> we found it Ebenezer. <laughs> but no it's true yeah it isn't i feel like you know hollywood has been telling us to us for so long and like why don't we pay attention and stop buying things because hollywood is telling us this but every other in between on the commercials yeah (laughs) exactly and so i would i would also recommend supporting local businesses where you can this holiday season absolutely that's thoughtful and then you're making a local family's christmas a lot better too absolutely well i think that's pretty good for a christmas episode so thank you for joining us again rachel revoy it's been a pleasure talking to you thank you for having me again And yeah, so I wish everyone a Merry Christmas, and I hope that you've taken something away to lower the waste, and uh, and that you enjoy it with friends and family, and uh, and bless you all. Merry Christmas! (laughs) Awesome. Okay, thank you. Also, thanks to Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com for his fantastic Christmas music used in this episode. Happy holidays, and thank you for listening. Together, we can make a better, healthier, and cleaner world.